0: KMTT, welcome. This is Ezra Bek. and uh, today is uh, Thursday, and the weekly share on Medrashe Bereshit, Agadat Bereshit. Uh, moving on to the third Parsha, third chapter in the Medrash Rabbah on Bereshit, and the Pasach that the entire Parsha is devoted to. Is Vayom Elokim Yehio O And then Vayah Elokim O Kitov vayere Vayivoker Ayom Excuse me I'm reading from uh, Medrash Zayin Parksha Gimel Medrash Zayin Vayiherev Vayivoker Ayom Achad Actually, let me explain. I'm skipping a number of Midrashim about the all about the light itself. Uh, Midrashim on light are either very, very difficult. They don't begin to understand how to explain Or they don't say much at all. It's, uh, it was an opportunity for Chazal to delve into things which are, are very close to being beyond my understanding or maybe on anyone's understanding. Very difficult Midrashim. So I'm going to the end. The next Pasuk. is by Erev, Yomahad. Amar Rabbi Yitzhak Bar Simon. Yih Erev ein Ktivkan. Ella vayihi Erev. God said, Yih O, oh, and there was light. But He didn't say, Yih Erev. Just He created the light, and then, vayi Erev vayihivoka. Meaning, not there should be evening, and, but there was evening in past tense. And the Midrash explains as follows: Mikan shaya zmanim kodim lachen. The Midrash claims that implies that the concept of time and the passing of time existed beforehand. In other words, vayhi erev and there was evening. And this wasn't the first time that there was evening. Otherwise, if this the creation of light created evening, created the passage of time, then it should have somehow said. Yahi Erev, that God also decreed there should be evening. God says, Mikan Shaya Even before the first day of creation, there was the passage of time. Seder Zmanim, not just Zman, not just, uh, because I'm not speaking metaphysics here, not just the concept of time existed, which is well known, Dispute in the Middle Ages as to whether time can exist before creation, but but what Chazal is saying—they're not talking about time as an abstract concept. They're talking about se'edes There was the passage of time. There was, in other words, there were evenings and there were mornings. Amar Rabbi Abahu Milamed—he's explaining a little bit better. This teaches us borei olamot Very very famous midrash. It's very well known because it's used very often, as part of the uh, religious apologetics concerning the question of evolution and the age of the earth. The Medra says, from here we see that even before the creation described in Parshat Bereshit, God was Borei Olamot U Machrivan. God was creating worlds and destroying them. And our world is merely the latest in a long we don't know how long, series of creations and destructions. Ad shabara et until he created this one. Aretz, these two things. Amar dein hanyanli, yaton lo Lest you misinterpret the Midrash, that it means to say that God is always creating worlds and destroying them and our world is included. Our world is merely one in a long chain and perhaps not the last one. So the Midrash says, no, 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 no. The Torah exists to describe our world because it's different. God said when He made our world, this world, He said, this one finds, meets my approval. This one finds pleasure in my eyes. Dein, han yan li. Yatun, the other ones, lo han yan li. In other words, when he got to this world, when he created this world, he said, ah, this is the world I want. And that's why the Torah begins from the creation of this world. So, in terms of time, time does not begin with In other words, does not mean in the beginning of everything. In the beginning of our world, this is what there was. But our world is in fact... A, a part of a longer passage of time, but it's a culmination of a process. God, the, the, the image given here, and obviously theologically it's not a simple image to explain because we know about the perfection of God, but the image is of uh, someone experimenting. And as always happens, all inventors throw out many, many prototypes before they get to the one that works. So that's how it was with the creation of the world. God was made, made worlds, and then He said, nope, that's not it." And he destroyed it. When He got to this world, when He made the world as we know it, we have to be now explaining what's so special about our world. He said, "Dein haniani." God said, "Aha, this is the world that I wanted." Yatun all the others lo I'll just complete this midrash. time Rabbi what is the source of Rabbi In other words, he wasn't satisfied with merely the word Yehi Erev, because how do you know that this is the right one and the others were the wrong ones? Now perhaps I think what he's trying to explain is how Rabbi Be'on know that this is the one that's not going to be destroyed imminently soon as well? We don't know how much time passage in God's eyes before he decides to throw it out. Perhaps we're also condemned to the garbage heap. So how do you know that Dein Hanyan Li, this one is... <coughs> agreeable to me, this one is is the right one because it says the end of the creation of the world. Elokim et kol asher tov ma'on. is explaining pshat, the entire pasuk that says that God, when He finishes, says He looks at what He did. <laughs> That's the pasuk that describes the process. abo is describing. Whenever God makes something he then examines it. That Pasuk should be viewed against the backdrop of innumerable other experiments. When God saw now what he had done, he said Tov ma'od. Dein li. this is tov ma'od. this is very good, Dein Hanyan Li Okay, as I pointed out, this is a very well-known Midrash. I think it's very well-known because it's been used often and at length as part of a discussion of uh, the Jewish response or the religious Torah response to the claims of the uh, age of the world made by modern science. So one of the answers given by those who think it's important, to give an answer is that uh, it could very well be that not only uh, are the dinosaurs really several million years old, but that's because they're left over from those previous experiments. That's not exactly what the Midrash says. You might assume that means he destroyed them totally and returned them to nothingness. But it uh, doesn't say that. It doesn't say the opposite. So you can use this Midrash to say that there are perhaps remnants of previous worlds. What does it doesn't mean a world. So that a world doesn't necessarily mean a totally enclosed metaphysical entity. Yeah, I mean, God starts again. There's uh, the dinosaurs are destroyed. There's a flood. There's something, but uh, there could be could be fossils left over. The geological elements, stones could very well be older. God didn't necessarily destroy everything. He just sort of started anew with the basic a uh, basic act of, of, of reorganization, so to speak. Okay, that could be. I have no particular opinion. On that question, mainly because I don't think the question is that interesting. I don't think that's the intent of the midrash. The midrash is not intending to explain to explain dinosaurs. Look will give you another example of what this midrash was used for in the Middle Ages, and I don't think necessarily apologetically. the author of the Sefer Or HaShem, great philosophers of the Middle Ages, has a theory to explain why God creates the world. He says, God creates the world because God is good. hatov lehitiv. It's the nature of the good to do good. And therefore creation, giving life, giving existence, other things, is, is, is an expression of God's goodness. So then he asks the obvious question, if that's true, then why did God decide to create the world only when he did and didn't do it earlier? And all those years that he wasn't creating, then he was denying his nature of the good. How could that be? The Bible has answered that question, even though he has a different uh, philosophical basis. But the Bible's answer is that before the world was created, there was no time. As I mentioned before, there was a well-founded uh, Middle Ages opinion, a Stotelian opinion, that says that time does not exist when things in motion do not exist. But the Chessler doesn't believe that and therefore he stuck with the question. And he gives two answers. The first one he says, well, he says he didn't. The Major says, bore Odaman umachrivan. So this has nothing to do with whether or not we will find fossil remnants of the previous worlds, but it comes to say something about God. And, and this could be, in fact, the intent of the Midrash. That, uh, at least the first part, at least Rabbi Yitzhak bar Simon, rather than Rabbi The fact that God was busy creating other worlds before He created this world, so if Kreska says, in one of his two answers, that that means, or at least implies, is that God is, always good. It's, it's a permanent feature of God's existence. It's not a reaction to a particular situation. God is not always splitting the Red Sea. Splitting the Red Sea was a reaction to what took place at that day. But God is always creating. He says, of course believes, uh, I should have added this, that God is busy creating since creation as well. He believes in what's known as continual recreation. Every second the world is recreated. God is always busy because creating is what God does that, that, that's the basic thing that God does He showers good and the ultimate good is to create and so says, that's what this Medrash means I'm interested in the question of Rabbi Abba. I don't know what the other worlds look like but there is a theological problem how bad could they have been? God made a world and he forgot to plug it in. I mean, he obviously made the world to be good. He had a plan. The plan was divine. Well, what does it mean? Even metaf- even metaphorically, you have to understand it. So, literally, we won't ever understand what it means, that God did something and then was displeased with what he did. But even metaphorically, what are we supposed to imply? Where did God go wrong? He did something. Only afterwards did he realize, ah, I blew it. And they made another world. Hmm, not that one either. Then we third world, no, it doesn't work. Like, what doesn't work here? What was wrong with those worlds? In other words, more important question, what is so good, what is so tov ma'od, to use the words of the pasuk, which forms the basis for Rabbi Abba's opinion, according to Rabbi Pinchas? What was so good, what is so good about our world that these other worlds didn't have? Why was this world then Hanyan? I'm going to make a suggestion now I think the answer is found by reading the next Medrash I might have said this answer anyhow but I claim that we should read the very next Medrash now normally there doesn't necessarily have to be a connection between two different Medrashim the Medrash is finished there's there's a colon there's a new letter we're going from Ot Zayin to Ot Chet and it could be a whole new topic but the fact is that when we read it, it's such a new topic, it doesn't appear to be connected to the Pasuk. That's why I suspect that it's connected to the what we've, what we've already read. And here's how the Midrash continues. Amar Rabbi Yanai. Rabbi Yanai said, from the very beginning of the creation of the world, God saw, foresaw, God perceived actions of tzaddikim and actions of Rishayim. I should point out that this Medrash was already stated previously in the Medrash, this very same line, in a different context, just a few, just one page back, in the end of Pasha Bet, Medrash Hay, it says, Rabbi Abbao Amar, different name, but Rabbi Abbao Amar, Mitechilat and there it's explained, connected to the previous pasuk. And I'm just for repeating it, and that's again it led me to think: Why is it being repeated if it's not somehow connected intimately to something that was just said? And then repeats the, the proof text, which is not our pasuk, but the previous pasuk. That's more our pasuk. Void in chaos. Those are the rishayim. Light that refers to the tzadikim. God saw them both, foresaw them both, but He separated, He distinguished between them. That's Vayevdel. And God separated the light from the darkness. He separated the actions of Tzadikim from the actions of Rasha'im. elukim laor yom. elu. that's the God called the light day. These are the actions of the Tzadikim. kara laila. God called the darkness night. These are the actions of the Rasha'im. Erev. There was evening. Rasha'im. Okay, we got the idea. The, the Major is saying, God, when he created the world, foresaw and perceived that the world was broken into two. And then you have a whole long series of psukim which are dualistic psukim. Light and darkness, day and night, evening and morning. Stressing, by emphasizing the idea that the world is bifurcated. The world is dualistic. Good and evil, and everything in the world, at least on this first day, already on the first day. Before there were people, before things are complicated, such a simple world. There's just light. No, 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 no. There's light and darkness, day and night, evening and morning. So the midrash is saying is that we have to realize that the world is separated and divided into two. The end of the pasuk question the Midrash now is about to address Rashi mentions this in his commentary to the Torah it should have said Yom Rishon first day as in all the other days it says Yom Sheni, Yom Shlishi, Yom Rivi'i third day, fourth day, fifth day, sixth day here it says Yom Echad one day and not first day cardinal rather than ordinal number why does it say Yom Echad? That God gave them, the Tzadikim and the Rishayim, or maybe just the Rishayim, He gave them one day. So if we interpret these sukim to be not so much describing what happened on the first day, but as describing the essential, the first, not so much the day, the first principle the underlying principle of the world, which is good and evil, light and darkness, day and night, evening and morning, then all those things together, Yom Ehad, there's one day that puts it all together, which is Yom HaKippur. Okay, I end my reading from the Midrashah, and now a bunch of other opinions to explain what Yom Echad means, but I wish to end now. I want to suggest that this is the answer to my question, why God said, being tov ma'od. Why our world is better than the other worlds. And we'll explain what could have been the mistake, so to speak. Why there could be a mistake in making worlds which are not good. Which Only after God examined them did He realize that He made a mistake. whole so to speak. What's different about our world as opposed to the other worlds is that our world has a shame in it. That's why it's Tov Ma'od. What the Medrashir is tackling bifurcation in the world, dualism in the world, the dualism in the world is good and evil. The previous worlds that God made were more perfect than our world. And that's why he didn't like them. There was no There's no point in them. God is perfect. He doesn't need a perfect world. He is the perfect world. What's missing in the world that nothing exists in it other than God, I wouldn't say what's missing is evil. I would say what's missing is free will. What's missing is the battle between evil and good. Which means what's missing is evil. What's missing is the Yetzirah. There is no conflict. And the conflict is itself good, but it's a good which requires a measure of evil. At least the potential of evil, the possibility of evil, has to exist there. And that's what it means, HaKadosh Baruch God, the word means he, he foresaw, He saw from afar. On the first day, there were no Vishayim. There were no Masim Sha On the first day, there were no Rishayim existed. There were no people existed. But already from the first day, when everything was just light, God saw the world He was creating now was a world which in fact, in the end, would contain Rishayim and Tzadikim. Because since the possibility exists, it will surely also take place. It wasn't a world in which perfection was the underlying uh, uh, um, the underlying base, a world which wouldn't allow evil to exist, which the previous worlds had been, good have a meaner. Makes sense. made sense for God to make a perfect world, but so to speak, afterwards, I don't think God actually changed his mind. It's the way the midrash plays it out for us. It's a worthy and logical idea that God should create a perfect world. Therefore, God actually does it. And then he destroys it, because he's saying to us, No, no, that's not what I wanted. Something's missing now. Let's figure it out. And what's missing is, paradoxically enough, to make it less perfect. It's better because it's worse. God on the first day foresaw, saw, created, a world in which evil could flourish. How terrible that is. A world in which evil can flourish. And therefore God Said that the first day consists of both day and night, both light and darkness, and he distinguished between ha'or and then he said Echad. But there is a unity of the good and the evil, of good people and bad people, which is itself a worthy creation. What, what kind of unity is that? So, the answer to the Medrash is Yom HaKifuim. Tshuva. Remember, we had a Medrash a few weeks ago. One of the things created before the creation of the world was repentance. The world was created so that it could, there could be people who sin. There could be, well, it says evil. Vishaim, evil people. But on Yom Kippur, if they participate in Yom Kippur, if they participate in the process of repentance, then they are part and parcel, a positive part, a necessary part, the part which creates the greater good. Because repentance is greater than perfection. and Therefore, a world in which there are retreat, a world in which there is falling and getting up, Falling and rising. Struggle. Ascent. Overcoming evil. Uh, contending with evil. Within ourselves. Dein et kol And every individual thing was good. When we saw it all put together. tov me'od. And the Medrash, which we probably won't get to, and therefore I feel free mentioning it now, on that Pasuk, There was, either in reality or in, in Drush, there was a misprint, so to speak, in Rabbi Meir, what was so good about this world? Ma'od? What was the specially good thing about the world? Death. How can death be the Ma'od, the specially good thing? The liberty paradoxical statement of Rabbi and it means... Well, defeat is not good, it's bad. But the world that has defeat in it, and therefore the possibility of overcoming that defeat, a world in which death exists, and therefore to live as a struggle, to live as an accomplishment, you had to do a mitzvah to live, because death lies surrounding us at all times. That's the world that's tov ma'od in God's eyes. In other words, the defects in the world, not that God likes defects, he's not, he's not accepting defects. But the defects in the world are an essential ingredient to the transcendence of our world over its own defects. Our world transcends perfection because it's imperfect but improving. Yom Echad God gave them one day, it means both things, it means one day in the year, but also God gave them a day that will be one, not two things, but one thing. How do you put these two opposites? How can light and darkness coexist? How can good and evil coexist? And not just coexist, but be unified. They are unified by Yom Kippur. You remember the Tefillah Yom Kippur we say in the very beginning, the first minute of Yom Kippur the congregation permits us to pray together with sinners. All the commentators explain it's based on a called a prayer in which the sinners. Do not participate. Is not a prayer. It's not enough to have prayer of tzaddikim that God had in the heavens. The, the angels sing God's glory. You need the prayer of shayim. I know you probably ask if they're praying, they're already not shayim, but that's not true. They're, they're still shayim. They're just trying to get better. So of course the tzaddikim should pray as well. And of course the shayim should pray as well. But even more is. Anu Im we want the Tfilat HaTzibu, the Tfilat Yom Echad Bashana, Yom Kippur, should be a Tfilat of all of us together. So I'm suggesting that Medrash Chet, which says that God in His world saw that there were Shodim and Sadikim, that is the answer to the question, what did He see to say Dein Hanyinli? Medrash Chet is the uh, answer or the completion of, of this world was the world that God stuck with after He destroyed all those previous worlds because uh, this world is the world that has tzaddikim and reshaim light and darkness, and those two can be put together to a day which will be light that comes out of darkness. Yom, Yom HaKippurim. A few lines later, Medrash Tet, I'm skipping a few lines in the Medrash Chet, Medrash Tet begins with the statement, Amar Bishmol Barami, Mitchilat Briyato Shel Olam, recognize the phrase, from the very, very beginning of the creation of the world. In other words, it's essential. God did it for this purpose. For a different conclusion. Not, He saw Bishem and Sadikim, but, Mitchilat Hilat Shel Olam, Mit'ava HaKadosh Baruch l'asot Shutfut Batachtonim. God mit'avad, God desired, it's a much stronger word. God God lusted, God thirsted to have a partnership in the lower beings. How do you know? So, uh, we're not going to read this medrash now. Um it's, 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 it, it is based on the pasuk here of echad. It's coming to tell you the word Echad means Shutfut, partnership. Before we saw Echad was a partnership of tzaddikim and Mishayim. Here it says it's a partnership of God and people. So again, it's saying God wants less to have more. That's the idea that the Midrash is repeating. God had a world that He could have done on His own. By leaving it for us to complete the world, and the Midrash gives the example of making the Mishkan. God didn't build the Mishkan. We built the Mishkan. Is that a better place for God or a worse place? It must be worse. God could have made Himself a better house than the one that we made Him. No, no, no. He wants to do it together with us. And I think it's more or less the same idea, we'll have other examples of this, we'll continue next week, of that the purpose of the creation of the world is not that there should be a place that is perfect because God made it perfect. But it should be a place that's imperfect. And we all strive in our imperfections to make it more perfect. And that's it for today. We'll be back next week with more of Medrash Perechet. Medrash is well back. Wishing you called to have been listening to KMTT. Kimitsion Te'itzei Torah Udvar Hashem Yerushalayim.